This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. It's the year 2058. U.S. President Tina Fey begins her second term. Steam-powered slingshots are a surprising holiday hit for the kids. Soup has naturally been reclassified as a Class C drug. Comas are sweeping the globe as a new kind of fashion statement. And the full catalog of recordings of the podcast Funny People Talking has gone missing from the Museum of Things Forgotten. The museum puts up a reward. A cup of Italian wedding soup. <sighs> soup, folks. Soup. This is Funny People Talking. Hello, everybody. Uh, welcome to the show. This is Funny People Talking. I'm one of your hosts, Mark Rako. And in full disclosure, this is take two of our show because uh, I realized that when we started recording the first time, uh, one of the microphones was not on. I thought it was on. It wasn't. Discovered it very quickly, but not before we had done the show. So our job now is to recreate the first few seconds of the show Magic. and then go on from there. Magic. So, uh, first of all, I should mention that uh, my co-host, Danielle Beckman, is not here with us today. Uh, I, I'm sad about that because she always is, is a great part of the show. She's off doing Danielle things, whatever they may be, modeling, acting, Dungeons and Dragons, who knows what it could be. It's probably something really fun and nerdy, probably. Uh, but that means that with me in the uh, co-host chair riding shotgun on the episode is none other than our producer... Miss Elsie. Hi, Elsie. Hi. Um, thank you for doing this. I know how much how thrilled you are, but I, I have to tell you, I love this because this reminds me of the old days on Monkey Radio when every once in a while we would do the show together without a co-host. Another co-host, I should say, with you as the co-host. Mm -hmm. And um, I even remember doing an episode on the beach with you. Do you remember that? Mm -hmm. We were I on the beach so, in yeah. Connecticut. Yeah. Yeah, that was fun. July 4th, I think. It yeah. was anyway. It was windy. It was windy. Yeah, that was tough on the microphone. That one. The whole episode sounded like this. Ready? <laughs> yeah, that was pretty much it. Does that sounds great? By the way, for all of you, you're welcome for that. Uh, <laughs> sorry about that, everybody. Uh, anyhow, uh, very excited to for this show. It's a little different than our other episodes we've had. Uh, we don't have a. We do have a guest, but it's not typical guests like we would have. Uh, it's really more someone who can contribute meaningfully to a conversation I thought would be really cool to have. Humor. Humor is something we've talked about on the show. It is, after all, called funny people talking. We've talked about the nature of comedy, writing jokes, uh, what it means to create Cartoons. Humor. Cartoons, absolutely. But one thing that we uh, we haven't really touched on deeply is how humor can be used to discuss and bring attention to very serious topics. So it's a way of discussing them and getting people to wrap their head around them. Uh, one of those topics is depression. Uh, and so I uh, happened to be lucky to be connected uh, through uh, Elsie actually with a gentleman. His name is Michael Serpy. Serpy, yep. Yeah, like – like the uh, like the drink from Seven Eleven or the uh, STD. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. School I was, was trying fine. not Public to go there, but fun. you went there, so it's, it's my life. It's All my right. Whole life. Sorry, dude. Um, <laughs> do, how many conversations have you had where people are like, "You mean like, yep, yep, my yeah. uh, Tons. Sorry, dude. Did you ever think about 
adjusting the pronunciation of your name just to avoid that, like Serpe or? Uh, I believe in French it's actually uh, I think it's Le Serp, which uh, in Le French Serp. I think means the scythe, like like a like a farmer the Grim Reaper has. Oh yeah. But I'm sure it probably in the old country it probably was pronounced a totally different way. And this is just the way they rounded it up to up uh, when my grandpa got to Ellis Island. I'm just assuming that's uh, how the story went. Gotcha. Yeah. I, I, it's funny because it didn't occur to me that you would be of French descent, but now that you say that. Oh, no, no. The, the, my grandpa's Italian, but because it's a romance language word. It, oh, I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, I didn't guess the Italian either, but yeah, I, fine. <laughs> I don't know what I guessed. I didn't guess anything. I didn't make the conclusion, I guess. Anyway. A citizen of the world. <laughs> In addition to being a stage combat instructor mm-hmm. and choreographer, in addition to – Guess what, everybody? Selling tires sure. and being an actor, uh, mostly in theater, Michael is also an improv performer who is involved in an ongoing series of improv performances at the, which, which theater? The Magnet Theater. The Magnet Theater in New York in City. New York City uh, that deals with the topic of depression mm-hmm. uh, through improv comedy. Uh, and, and the majority of performers, either they themselves have dealt with serious depression or have had people in their families deal with serious depression. So that'll give us an opportunity to, to talk about this topic with someone who's doing something interesting in that space. And we'll get to that a little bit Great. later. So thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, before we get started with the show proper, I do have a question for you, Elsie. Yes. I'm very curious about something. Uh, well, first of all, how are you? I'm all right. Yeah? Yeah. Have you had a busy week? Yeah. Why? Because I have stuff to do. <laughs> yeah. Sounds right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I would like to know why there are, I'm going to guess, eight to ten uh, bunnies uh, following you around, multicolored bunnies. There's red, white, pink, yellow, blue. What is going on? You must explain yourself. Well, uh, with Easter coming up, the preschool that I live next door to thought it was a brilliant idea to have these bunnies for the children to take home and take care of. But they didn't think of what they were going to do when they weren't home with those children. So, <laughs> That's thoughtful. Yeah. So since I have a yard, they're uh, kind of, you know, my new roommates. Whoa. Okay. Yeah. Now that's weird. I think about this. What if you're allergic to rabbits? Because I imagine there are people are. What, I wonder if a school can get in trouble for giving a rabbit to a child. Well, who's I'm sure there's a p- permission slip first or something. Oh, you think so? I'm sure they have to ask the parents. How they can't s- just go give a kid a rabbit. So how do you have ten rabbits then? Because I told you. Weren't you listening? No, I guess not. All right. Well, ask the <laughs> listeners. Call them up or something. <laughs> Okay, then. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, since we don't have Danielle here, um, I thought it would be fun to challenge you. You challenge me often. I bet I do. But in a specific way, yeah. this time that may be unexpected from you, I would like to put you on the spot to offer a nerd tip. And seriously, folks, Elsie did not know I was going to do this. She did not have one prepared. But I'm putting her on the spot. I'm not calling you a nerd, just to be clear. Unless you would like to be. Um, what is a nerd tip from Elsie? Just a tip. Nerd tip. Ooh. I guess uh, my nerd tip would be if you're having trouble with your computer, make sure it's plugged in. 
All righty. Yeah, because you'd be surprised how many people. It's not on. It's not plugged in. Doesn't sure, work. Yeah. You know that is actually quite true. Yeah. Um, Tech support always says that. I the, know. That's the first. Do you, I mean when you call, that is the first thing they usually ask, right? I know. Is it, is it plugged in? in? Is the monitor and is on? It on? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> nerd tip. Um, it's oh, best yeah. I can do. I know, right? All right. Good nerd tip. You're uh, that, welcome. That one's for you, Danielle. Uh, okay. Uh, Elsie. Hope I made her proud. Yeah, I think you made somebody proud. Not me, but still, thanks for making an effort. I'm proud, Elsie. Thanks. Nobody asked you. He's invited back. (laughs) (laughs) All right, all kidding aside, Elsie, tell me to start the show, please. Start the show, Mark. All right. From the Mouth Media Network Studios in New York City, and from the same people who brought you Monkey Radio with Mark, this is Funny People Talking with Mark Rako, Danielle Beckman, and Elsie. All right, everybody, we are on Funny People Talking. Before we get started with the rest of the show and get to talking about a serious topic here, well, serious and funny, maybe, we'll see, Uh, I want to just touch on a couple of things. Uh, I have been disturbed lately at the... Number of people on the subway in New York who it just feels like there's more homeless people than there have been recently. And that itself is a disturbing issue Mm. to me. But what is the deal with people just coming through? It used to be that everyone had this great speech prepared. Mm-hmm. And at least I could say, you know what, that's some that's some real work ethic there. They've at least prepared a sales pitch. I've heard it since 1972. It's the same thing. Right. Your kids are still four years old or whatever, but at least it's it's a pitch. It feels like more and more people are are just like go, all right. It's kind of like this, you know, in restaurants. Yep. Um, I, I'm glad that you know already. <laughs> I know I, I've seen a restaurant or two in my time. Oh, yeah. okay. So, <laughs> you know, in restaurants, more and more you're hearing them. They're not going. Next customer or whatever, or sir, what can I help you? They're just like following or it's like CVS or something. It's the same thing. It's like following, not the following or the following customer, please. Next guest. Following. Yes, following. Yeah. How lazy can – why don't you just say, uh, why we, why do we go through a whole word? Why I'd actually just, like to try uh, that. Just be a great way to just like just, – just, you know, you put a sign in the front of the store. When you hear "buh," just means next. You know, step up to the counter. At least we could save a lot of time that way. Think of you could add up all the time that'd be saved through the years. Buh. Uh, can you imagine that in the manual? Like you, you know, if you learn your different. <laughs> "Buh" means step up to the counter. Uh, means where's the bathroom? You know. <laughs> Actually, that might be more like. <laughs> anyway, um, and 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 uh, means. Where's the bathroom right now? Probably. Oh, sure. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway. That was great. Thank you. So the uh, – the so the similar – Similar – yeah, going back to the subway. Thank mm-hmm. you, Elsie. Uh, it feels like more and more of the beggars or homeless or whatever aren't even going through the speech anymore. They're just going, change, spare change, 
There's no justification, no appeal to my sympathy or not my sympathy, one sympathy, not just me. Um, do you have a, do you have an insight on this? I don't mean to put anyone on the spot, but I, I really feel like I've noticed this more and more lately. Did we go through a phase where we went from no preparation or speech and then everyone was doing this prepared thing and now we've kind of arced off of that and the pendulum is swinging back the other way and people are just going for the, the most efficient way, straight line, right from me to get money? Do you think it's maybe like uh, the way you see some people on corners like with a piece of cardboard with like like something written on it where it would be like – yeah. veteran four kids and now it's yeah. just like why lie i, I need money yeah. like you know yeah i don't know if it's just a i know or they don't do something spans. to entertain it for it or earn it is that what you're saying well i mean i don't mean to make like you gotta dance for my money or something but i mean i i i feel like some energy should be expended even if it's just asking a question excuse me sir do you have can you spare a quarter and then not curse at you and you say no yes I appreciate that. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, if someone opens a door when I'm walk or when one is walking through and I don't need the door open, I, I've actually done that a few times where a person goes in and goes, nope, I got it. Because <laughs> I'm not going to be like bullied into giving you money because now I'm guilty because you opened the door for me. Right. You accepted a service. Yeah. Although, conversely, I will admit I would rather be offered the service than just grunted at. For a quarter. Bah. Is that more of a, like a human connection? Well, at least it's saying, look, I may not have a job, but I can at least perform this service whether you've asked for it or not. But what's really involved with that, I believe, is a guilt association. Hmm. I've now done something for you, brightened your day, I've performed a task, now you owe me. What bothers me is when you walk out of that door after you've bought your bagel or whatever and you walk out. And you don't give them money and they're like, come on, open the door for you. You're like, dude. So – but that's more sophisticated than just standing there. Yeah. Change. Quarter. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I don't know. Let's discuss this. Do you think I'm – am I just get off my long guy here or am I expecting too much? Should, should... You know, it's funny. I was actually just on a, uh, on the train a couple of days ago on my way to a friend's party and – this big uh, train going really way uptown and like we got like three or four people in the span of this one train ride gave us all different spiels of what they needed yeah. and one person whose leg one leg was way swollen uh just sort of made their way through the train car at different times wait i think i know that guy okay doesn't he have one one leg left leg is left uh, leg slow, is yeah. pretty rough looking like looking, you're yeah. surprised it's still on him yeah it's, it was uh, <laughs> Like worse, where I just it, you feel so bad, but yeah. it was yeah. In one train ride, it was like three or three, maybe even four people. Uh, <laughs> with very long, uh, heartbreaking stories. Uh, so I've been counting the opposite problem. So we were just on different trains. I wonder if they if they like they have to like workshop the like. All right, maybe I'm, maybe I'm saying too much because I'm not seeing any money come back, or maybe I'm not saying enough. You know, I'm sure they're not. Not testing out material the way a stand-up would. Not quite like that. I'm not trying to phrase it like that, no, no, but no. sort of using that sort of it same. It would be an interesting thing to have public workshops available for the homeless on sales technique and marketing and like the storytelling. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And presentation and the best. You know, let's let's help people be in the best position to 
help themselves and maybe they can use those skills in a profession if they sure. have any interest in getting out of the situation they're in. Because, I mean, there are going to be people that would like to get out, but they feel they lack the skills or the opportunity or they've, you know, they just feel like they've faced no too many times. Right. They're the people that don't want to get out of it and they're the people that feel they can't because they're just – their addiction is – the circumstances, yeah, that got them there, yeah, um, and the city that doesn't always seem to help them. I know it's <laughs> interesting. Um, anyway, on that on that mm-hmm. delightful note, <laughs> I, I don't know. It was just something that I was thinking about today because I, I walked past someone and they just looked. Oh, I know what happened. I walked past him. Now, this is an interesting moment for me. I walked past him, and he just he just looked terrible. Just really pathetic older man. He's just standing there. Disheveled, disheveled clothing. He just went, change, just like that. And I stopped. And I gave him a quarter. Happened to have a quarter in my pocket. And I was like, I walked past him and didn't say anything. I stopped and I turned and I said, You're welcome. He said, Thank you. And I don't know if he was in some sort of stupor. Sure. Maybe he was in a drug stupor or a depression or... stupor or starvation stupor or who knows. It may be that he doesn't feel grateful. But I, I felt I had a pro- – it's interesting that I thought I needed to be thanked. I don't know. Hmm. I made the moment more about me than giving him something. But I also felt like there needed to be an exchange, a recognition on his part that he had been given even something small. Right. That he doesn't just deserve to stand there like a trick or treater and be given something, mm-hmm. you know, which is a whole other matter of like, you know, 17 year olds <laughs> and no costume showing up at your door like yeah. the, the candy mafia, you know, expecting to be given money or they're going to egg your house, you know. Candy. <laughs> What'd you say? Expecting to be given candy. Yeah. You said uh-huh. money. Did I? Well, they are you, are you the are you the one on the block who gives the. Uh... Change? Is that you? No, no. I give the uh I give the, the, the tubes of toothpaste. No. Oh. <laughs> There's always someone like that, right? Yes. That's like, here's a gift card <laughs> for five cents off. <laughs> yes. Here's fifty percent of your lot. Can you imagine yeah. someone giving coupons? Oh my god. Here's here's half off a blue bonnet margarine. <laughs> <laughs> your mom will thank you. Um here's Here's some cholesterol for you, this for your dad, so he'll live longer. You'll have a better <laughs> life. <laughs> Can you imagine? That'd be so funny, like per, like purpose-driven, <laughs> you know, or it's like, uh, I'll say a prayer for you, honey. <laughs> it's like <laughs> affirmative messages, like like, exactly. like messages of kids, like eat your vitamins, <laughs> do your homework. <laughs> like, I have great hopes for you. There you go, honey. Such a cute costume. Next. <laughs> He's a little pocket calculator. I know, right? <laughs> and then you get someone on the other hand. It's like, look, you want the Miata or you want the uh, the Chevy? Either one's yours. Here's a key. My dad yeah. has a Miata. How did you? Of all the cars you could have said. <laughs> I know. I don't know. Um, that Miata. What an interesting little car. It's adorable. It's adorable. What's littler, that or the Volkswagen Bug? They gotta be pretty. The close. Miata, at least. Well, my dad has a. Oh boy, I'm gonna forget the year, and he's gonna get mad. I want to say. By the way, yeah. I feel really horrible for you if your father got mad over you being unsure of the year of his car. Nah, he's a he's a car guy, and I'm so not. Uh, oh. so I want to say '86 or me. Yeah, but it, whenever I've ridden with him in it, it's just so low to the ground. It feels like I'm on a magic carpet. It like feels like there's like if I like 
like stuck my pinky out. I could like touch the ground with my pinky. Like it feels like uncomfortably close to the ground. I've been in like a couple Volkswagen bugs. It feels like that feels like you're in a car at least. This one it just feels it sits so low. I was like, mm, this is well. First of all, I feel like, I'm, like I feel like my butt's skidding on the floor like a, like a dog does. <laughs> <laughs> um, by the way, I would make sure if your dad's like really into cars, mm-hmm. you know. I would not mention that the one finger that you wanted to drag on the ground was your pinky. I'm classy. I'm a, I'm a classy guy. That's right. It's got to be like the index finger or the thumb. No. Those are the men, the men of the hand. I don't know. Anyway, uh, okay. So uh, we are uh, going to take a quick break, and when we come back, uh, we're going to play a game, right? And then we're going to talk depression, yes, uh, and humor. Right after this. Connect with the show at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. And please, for the love of all that is holy, subscribe to the show and leave us a damn review and a really, really good rating on iTunes. Pretty please? Thank you. everybody it is time for our game i'm going to play try to play a brand new game on this show i have invented especially with uh michael being here uh it is called game show okay it's an inventive name i haven't thought of more usually have cute names for the games on this show but i haven't really thought of that one so very like working title it's like a very working working title title is game show uh, gamey show? I don't know. Anyway, the idea is that you give a suggestion and the person has to ask questions uh, off the top of their head as if they are the game show host. Okay. Uh, and the other person playing has to give answers based on a suggestion. So to find a way to answer the question using the suggestions they've been given on all of their questions and all of their answers. Is it like just is just trivia or is it is it I don't know. Okay. Can anything Great. You want. So that's it. Uh we're gonna start out. Um uh let's try this. Uh you why don't you and I try it first and sure. then we'll bring Elsie into the fray. Uh and by fray I mean fray. It's gonna be fray. <laughs> yeah. I figure there's gonna be fray. At some point there'll be fray involved. Will it be a, a fracas? Is that the next step above a fray? You know, I don't know the order of Frey and Freckus. Okay. Doesn't that sound like a cartoon? That That is a cartoon pair. They're like, probably cats. And coming up this Saturday on Frey and Freckus. <laughs> Frey's getting into it again, but Freckus is there just in time. Freckus. It also sounds like it could be a morning drive type program. Hey, everybody, I'm Frey. Oh, God, I'm Freckus. <laughs> Exactly. Oh god! I like the old time. Oh not, yeah, there was. It was like a wacka wacka. It was like a wooga. <laughs> um, I want to hear one of those shows where they just have one of those like, "Hey, I'm Frey." <laughs> 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 uh, okay. So, uh, how about you and I, Michael? Uh, sure. We're uh, you're the game show host. I'm the contestant. Okay. Uh, we'll just do say three questions and see how it goes. So, Elsie, uh, how about you give the host a random topic and the uh, contestant, which is me in this case, is going to be obsessed 
with something. And all of the answers and questions have to do with whatever it is that our suggestion is. So for the host? Cheating on exams. So that is a topic. And for the contestant, an activity that they are obsessed with. Sniffing glue. Okay. Thank you very much. (laughs) Sniffing glue. All right. It seems to me those things could be connected. But anyway, uh, host, take it away with our game show. Welcome to the show. Happy to have you here. Hey, thanks there, uh, Michael. Let's get things started. Now, now, if you are looking to copy a question from the classmate on your right side, sitting to your right now, which sneaker should you attach a mirror to to look at their answers? Okay, so my thinking is this – Question: Am I allowed to ask a question for clarification? Yes. Um, is this uh, are they making a, a plastic model? Uh, is this test about plastic models, or is it about um, uh, do, how much how much glue do I have? Uh, let me consult the judges. You have an access to an unlimited supply of glue. And they are indeed plastic models. That would be a left foot. And that's correct. Aha! Thank you very much. Uh, Very good. Thank you. Uh, That's 10 points for me. Yes. By the way, this is the only game show in which the contestant identifies their own number of points. Yeah, but we try to do, keep things very level. Uh, take well, someone had to do it. Like museums have a donate, uh, donate as you feel. This this game show is uh, <laughs> give yourself as many was. points as you feel. I will take one hundred seventy five thousand points, chat. Thank Absolutely. you. Absolutely, you're welcome to do so. And I want to call you chat. That's that's <laughs> chef. Chat. Chat. That's or, that. Well, that. chef chat. Yes, chef chat. Uh, See, next question for for <laughs> for double the value. Yes. Double oh, three hundred and. Uh, for whatever the number is, 350,000 points, yes. Yep, absolutely, that number. (laughs) (laughs) On most questions where you are asked to fill out a choice of A, B, C, or D, what is the most commonly guessed answer from an average American student in the public school system? Lemon, which is my favorite glue to sniff because it feels as if I'm getting my fruit. Is that... Is that a some glue out of your in your pocket right now? Is that is that what I'm seeing? Is that, that is, is that a ooh, stick? Is that a stick of glue? It's a snack for later. That's a you you brought that into our game show. Well, I brought you. more than that. That's what's left. Oh, okay. So uh, <laughs> that would be <laughs> how many how many fingers am I holding up? Nine hundred thousand points. <laughs> Coincidentally, the same amount of fingers I was holding up in there. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm very excited and. Uh, <laughs> And for the final question, for the final question. Chef Chat. For the, for, for the championship. Let's see our next cheating on exam question I've got here. <laughs> True or false? False. It's a clean sweep. He's incredible. I, he's, I've never seen a performance like this in any game show. I feel higher than the day when I went to the craft store and it was 80% off and I could buy all the modeling Models like we cut to two hours later, sir. You have to stop telling the story. The show is over, but we've it was eighty percent off, sir. We've, 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 we thank you. The audience has left. They've all left. Everyone's left. I'm flying. Need to, need to go home now. <laughs> and um, that may or may not be how we play the game. Yeah, 
<laughs> All right, so we're going to reverse roles here. Uh, I'm going to do uh, the game with uh, Elsie here. Uh, you will uh, offer the choices up. I will be the game show host. Elsie will be the, the uh, contestant. And uh, so we need a random topic mm-hmm. for the game show host and an activity someone could be obsessed with. Uh, let's not limit it to an, an activity. Something someone could sure. be obsessed with for the contestant. Okay, the topic of this game show will be uh, Broadway musicals. Okay. Um, and the obsession, uh, <laughs> the obsession is with conspiracy theories. Fantastic. This is going to be dynamite. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Welcome. Welcome to Way, Way, Way Off Broadway, our favorite game show about Broadway uh, trivia that you probably don't know. But if you do, you win points on this show. I'm Virgil Steinman, and uh, I'm so glad you're here. Our contestant here is from Reno, Nevada, and she is a server at a local establishment. Uh, what kind of establishment do you work in, ma'am? It's a restaurant. And it's local. All righty. Good to know you. Let's get started with the game. In 1972, who was the lead in La Cache Follies? Well, I don't know about that. Uh, how do you know that it? Isn't someone using a incognito name that shouldn't be announced on the live game show? Uh, I don't. I don't know if I should talk about that. We're going to go to the judges on that answer. I'm sorry, nobody remembers. So actually, I think you get it on a technicality. Nobody remembers in 1972 who starred in Le Coche Follies or however you pronounce it. Uh, Let's go on to question two. (laughs) Um, The musical Victor Victoria was originally titled Victoria Victor. how did that name come to be changed and why? Well, I think it probably had to do with that they wanted to confuse people from other countries who were trying to infiltrate the United States and looking for hidden meanings in the storyline. <laughs> it's funny, that was so plausible. <laughs> I forgot she was doing that. <laughs> All right, let's go to the judges on that. That is correct. Correct. Very, very good. Uh, my Reno, Nevada local restaurant establishment, friend without a name. And our final question for the bonus round. Oh, it is an audio clue. Here's the audio clue. Can you name this musical from this song? You have 10 seconds. I believe that is uh, an SOS type of uh, melody there. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. (laughs) Well, that's uh, just a moment. We're consulting the judges. Um, I'm sorry, that is not... Correct. It is not an SOS. It is actually a Vietnamese emergency call signal 
you were very, very close. But I have a question. Okay. If it's an emergency call signal, isn't that an SOS? No, it was a technicality. You failed to mention it was from Vietnam. The lack of specificity has uh, disqualified you. Uh, that's it for this episode of Way, Way, Way Off Broadway. But don't fret. We're going to leave you with this parting gift, a Swiss Army knife without any actual knives in it. It's just the corkscrew, but uh, that you will get through airport security on your way back to I'm Reno. in witness protection. I can't take any of that with me. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, we'll see you next week when we will be talking about the Great White Way, and we're not talking about Broadway, if you know what I mean. We'll be back next week. Bye-bye now. <laughs> uh, that was great. Elsie, we love you. You're hilarious. That was very good. All right, one more. Uh, Elsie will be the uh, host. Yes. And Michael will be the contestant. And I will give the suggestions. So a random topic for the host is um, space travel. And the thing that the contestant is obsessed with is um, exercise. Right. All right. So host of a game show, take it away. When considering uh, space travel, what's one of the most important things that you need to take with you? Working treadmill. Uh, could you please clarify your answer, please? Oh, sure. Absolutely. A, uh, a treadmill that is fully operational. Uh, it, they used to believe you could take weights with you on a into space, but because of gravity, weights don't weigh as much as they do when they're uh, up on the space station. So you're going to want a working treadmill, as that works regardless of whatever gravity situation you have up there. All right. For uh, extra bonus points, uh, could you please tell us how to plan ahead for moving the treadmill into the confined space of your shuttle the trick is to have a friend on the inside of the whole process from the day they're designing the space station and the space shuttle to make sure you hey steven slip him if you need to slip him a 20 go ahead and do so be like i just need a spot right into the corner for my treadmill you know i can't skip leg day even if um if i'm thousands of feet above you know i gotta i gotta maintain these these you know so that's very important and then in making sure if you need to slip another 20 to the guy constructing it before anybody before anybody uh, catches wise. And then on loading day, another 20 goes to the, uh, you know, the, the movers, the, the Teamsters that they have who load the, the space shuttle. That's also all done by Teamsters. And, you know, they, that's right. what they're, they're all about. I see. All right. We'll give you that one. Yes. So winner of the regular question, winner of the bonus points. Uh, question number two. When preparing for a flight, what kind of dietary restrictions do you find yourself having to uh, follow? Well, uh, the easy temptation is to go with the freeze-dried food they try to give you up there. And you know, they need to have to make sure there's no food with moisture up there. But because the human body needs moisture, you know, you just try to sneak a little something. Uh, definitely have your smart water. Definitely uh, some delicious kale, uh, absolutely chickpeas, 
that's really the staple of any uh any space going diet. You don't want your muscles to atrophy when you're experiencing that zero gravity. Is as is the risk we all know is the risk of a uh, a prolonged space flight. You know, as your muscles aren't as you active in zero gravity, so you want a high protein. So for your uh, bonus points, yes. true or false? Do astronauts truly eat astronaut ice cream, and is it made of astronauts or ice cream, or neither, or both? Uh, false that they astronauts do not eat that astronaut ice cream. They go for uh, freeze dried parfaits. Uh, really, that's only done uh, for kids at space camp and children at museums. They're the ones who really eat the uh, the market share of freeze dried ice cream. What was the second part? Are they made of astronauts' ice cream, neither or both? Um, they're made of ice cream, but it's they spell ice cream with a K. It's like kind of like the grocery store brand ice cream. Where you're like, this doesn't taste like normal ice cream. You know, it's like it's like fifty cents cheaper, but your mom, you know, says it tastes the same, and it doesn't, and it doesn't. <laughs> All right, <laughs> we will give those points. We will allow that. And for your third and final question. As a space traveler, do you believe that Pluto is or is not a planet? Uh, Pluto, you know, as what they call it, was it a, uh, it's a dwarf planet, like a, a planet? I think it was, I think it was called. That's what uh, a Neil deGrasse, planet. I think a planet. I, th- I believe with a T-T-E? I think that's what Neil deGrasse Tyson downgraded it to because it wasn't like a full planet. But maybe if it just you know hit those gains, if it hit those gains and worked out a little, it would achieve the mass required to be a full planet. You know, it just needs to, it, it, it lacks, it slacked it, you know, and it's, oh, you know, too many people at the gym today, I'm not going to go, or not enough people at the gym today, I'm not going to go. If it just went to the to the gym more often and really, you know, drank those egg whites. So know. would you suggest that it goes to Planet Fitness? I suggest it goes oh! to Oh! <laughs> and Elsie for the win on that Swish. Yeah. <laughs> that Very good. Very good. That's funny. Um, You're welcome. And, uh, you know, uh, one point of contention. First of all, nicely done, both of you. Uh, point of contention. I do not believe kale is delicious. You don't believe kale is delicious? No. It's a, it's, it took me a while to get into it. It's, a, it's an acquired. Uh, yeah. First, I was like, this is just more dank spinach. Like, it just really tasted more spinach than spinach. And then I've just had to knuckle down and just, because it is really good for you, but it's. Wasn't it wasn't it wasn't an easy go of it. I remember <laughs> on the TV series Cheers, uh, is, is that something you've ever yes. watched? Yeah. There's an episode where Woody, uh, played by Woody Harrelson, mm-hmm. play uh, he uh, he somehow gets involved with representing a vegetable drink of some sort, okay, like a and V8 he, or something, it, like a what, like a like V8, like a, like one of those, yeah, type. kind okay. of, except it's green or whatever. Sure. And he's demonstrated everyone like it's really delicious, and he's drinking. He goes, "Why? Wow, you can really taste the kale." <laughs> <laughs> I just never forgot that. I think that solidified for me my uh, my intense dislike for things like kale and seaweed and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It's all Cheers' fault. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's it for uh, Game Show Corner. I added the word corner. I oh, thought wow, that makes fun. it so much better. It is better, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, or we could say, no, that's good. I, I like, like Game Show Corner. I like Game Show Corner. Uh, I don't know if it was a success or not, but I laughed a few times, so to me, maybe that was fun. But the best was, Elsie, you really crushed that. Yeah, yeah, that was, that was, that was you, yeah. you crushed it. All right. Uh, let's uh, take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to learn... Uh, Learn about serious humor right after this. 
exactly why tasers were invented, get ready for Funny People Talking. All right, Michael, so you're a part of a show, and our purpose is not to talk about this show specifically. It's okay. not like an ad for this show or something. I can. But I think it's a really good illust- it's a really good illustration of the way that humor can be used for serious oh, topics. Sure. Um, what is the show called that you're a part of? Tell us, tell us about it so we can use that as a jumping off point. Sure. The show is called You Are Not Alone, an uplifting show about depression. Uh, happens usually the first Thursday of the month at the Magnet Theater in New York City. Uh, actually a couple blocks away from where we are on 29th. Um, it's been running for four years uh, with monthly shows at the Magnet and a couple other shows upstate and um, hitting the festival circuit soon. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. What, I've been what a part of the festival circuit. What, which, oh. what does that mean? Uh, the, the various improv festivals okay. uh, that happen in cities all around. Are there various improv festivals? Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. There's, this is like festival season. Now. There's fun. one in Hartford, Connecticut last weekend. Uh, Philly in the summer, Baltimore has a big one. Yeah, there's dozens. Great. Uh, okay, and and tell us about the show. Um, we kind of mentioned a little mm-hmm. bit about it, but why why is this special? Why, other than it's always great to get an acting or performing opportunity, why has this show been important to you? So th- this was actually the first improv team I was actually asked to be part of. Uh, it was started uh, by one of my best friends in the whole world, Aaron Gold, and a friend of ours, a composer named Grant Michael Goldberg, they created the show after discovering uh, that the other uh, suffers from depression and various mental uh, uh, illnesses, um, and both thinking that the other, you don't seem like the type who would suffer from that when they, uh, you know, when they had first met and we all put forth a different uh, facet of our personality, might not open that part of ourselves to people we just meet, and then discovering when they're like, oh, you have... I'm in the same boat as you. We should do a show. And then they started uh, the show with a couple other uh, friends of ours. And then I was brought into the show uh, about six months into uh, into our now four-plus-year uh, run at the, at the Magnet. And uh, so it means a lot to me to attack uh, stigmas about mental health as, you know, within the comedy community. But we've also started branching out and bringing our show to other, uh, other groups. Well, let's be honest. The comedy sure. community – I mean this in all serious mm-hmm. sincerity – uh, the comedy community <laughs> is largely a damaged bunch of people, yeah, and and that's part of what has resulted in them using comedy, us using comedy mm-hmm. as a, as a um, maybe not even consciously, but as a defense mechanism that can then be grown into a craft that you know goes from there. Sure, absolutely. Um, so it doesn't surprise me that quite a few comedians that you would know, whether improv or not, mm-hmm. would would be dealing with various types or or levels of whether it be mental illness or, or stresses or anxieties or sure. whatever you um how how are you using humor to address these things without crossing the line or is there a line we definitely feel there is a line when we're performing so our show is structured um, and, and, and how do you know when the line is that when you're at the line as part of that sure. question so uh so our show works we have three uh people who are not um performing comedy with us. They're essayists. Each one takes the stage at uh, three points in our show, at, at three separate points. They deliver an essay about a story in their life when they dealt with something like a line anxiety, bipolar disorder, or a story about someone in their life who encountered that. And those uh, stories inspire comedy. Uh, as a rule, we never try to make, uh, try to tell the story of something that we just saw in the essay. You know, the essays can get very deep and very dark, bring the audience to a low point, and we want to 
bring the energy back up with with the comedy. Uh, so we never want to tell the story of a thing we just happened, and we also have a hardline rule of never mention depression or anything like that in the improv. Let the that have its spot in the essays, and then the comedy will have something else. Uh, we'll have a different energy to vibe uh, to it. So it can be very loosely inspired by what has happened in the story. I always say, like, if someone says, like, I was driving my super Outback, that can inspire a scene at an Outback Steakhouse, you know, and, you know, that can, it can be very loose, as loose as that, but then also, you know, I like to uh, sometimes say, like, a sentence uh, from the story maybe that someone had said, and that can inspire a scene, just like the same sentence delivered in a different context can open that up, and, and, uh, and it's easy for the audience to be like, oh, I've heard this sentence, and then to hear a character say it in the improv uh, can be very fun in, in that moment. Yeah, often finding that familiar territory mm-hmm. is, is a point of humor for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of, that's that's a lot of the humor you get from stand up is where people go, "Oh, that sounds like me." Yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that can also be dangerous territory, I would think. Like, how do you avoid upsetting the audience members that they themselves may may suffer from these things and it could trigger? something how how do you how are you guys thinking about that if at all no we definitely are um we definitely do do that we well we first our first priority is to take care of uh obviously in improv you take care of your scene partners never make them or try to make them to do anything they're not comfortable doing or say anything make them comfortable but our priority is to take care of the person who has just delivered an essay and just opened up about their stuff um to know that to, to do that in front of an audience is such a whirlwind of experiences uh, for their our essayists. So we want to make sure they're taken care of and never feel that they're being made fun of because that's the last thing we want to do. They've just opened up for us and for the audience and to make sure that they are totally cool with uh, everything we've done. That's the first priority. And then, you know, we do our, uh, you know, we say in the title of the show, it's an uplifting show about depression. So it's in the title. Uh, you kind of have an idea of what's getting into. We have a couple shows on our YouTube channel. Um, but then we do when we intro the show. When Aaron and I introduce the show, we we let the audience know like, you're going to hear some stories about depression, anxiety, bipolar disorder, all those things. That's going to inspire comedy. We let them know off the top, you know what's going to go down. I always try to think of like every improv show is someone's first. You know, never know who comes in the door, or how they got there. You know, even though our show is so different and so uh, on paper really weird uh, to know that it you know, can be enjoyed by anyone. Can you talk about? times in this show in which you remember it being an important moment yes that happened yeah i mean it happens darn near every month you know i um my first show i actually uh we don't do this anymore but my first show with the group i performed an essay and i was also doing improv and it was actually also my first show on the main stage of the magnet so i always joke that because i was nervous about all three of those things doing an essay in front of strangers you know talking about my my stuff um performing on the main stage with couple people who are on teams, established house teams, and, you know, really big there. And then, um, you know, and then before, you know, uh, the third thing, I couldn't be nervous about anything because I had to be nervous about everything. And almost like everything was jammed in the door. Like nothing can get through because they're all like, no, I, you got to be nervous about this. So then I was totally cool with everything. We don't do that anymore because it's, it can be a bit of a head trip, especially because I jumped into a scene that was inspired by my stuff. And I felt, I was like, oh, no, what have I done? I've, I'm like interpreting my own stuff and it felt cathartic in a way but then i was very concerned for what the audience was thinking um so when i did that essay just to get your stuff out there to an audience who loves you immediately like they really like you know when you see someone on stage bearing their their soul it's really uh it's, it's they're leaving themselves so vulnerable and so stripped of all the uh 
facades that we put on in our day to day, our social media persona and stuff like that. It's like, no, here's my stuff. Here is here's a story about my stuff. And then the audience embraces them. And then then we embrace them in our own different way and lift them back up. I've even if I'm not in a scene to watch the SAS react to the comedy going on on stage when they're just laughing like, oh, they took something I said and inspired this kind of idea, you know, watching them laugh like that's where I feel the most taken care of. It was like I'm taking care of somebody. I got it. <laughs> Interesting. You know, humor really has been used many times to to deal with serious mm-hmm. issues. I mean, look at even just um, so when you look at something like Comic Relief, which was with uh, Whoopi Goldberg and Billy Crystal and and uh, Robin Williams uh, for I think a few years they did mm-hmm. it. Um, an amazing fundraising and not non for profit uh, thing. Incredible. Uh, it was very serious topics they were dealing with, and they talked about them yeah. very seriously. But then it was using humor to get people to watch. Mm-hmm. So how much are you using humor in a show like this to get people in the door so that they will learn? How much is it that it's just a comedy show, but this is the subject matter we're choosing to cover? Um, From your perspective, I know you didn't create the show, no. but – You've chosen to participate mm-hmm. in it, which means that you're a willing participation in the impact that it makes on people. This is not just show up, do my thing, get paid, leave. This yeah. is this is about well, not paid, but yeah. <laughs> All right, so then you got to get something out of it. So getting something out of it, you got you got to feel good about it. Is what it, I'm saying. It, so, every, yeah, I mean, even like a quote quote bad show still feels good uh, to know that. For me, it's important to. Um, push the wheel the culture in my own little way to talking about like confronting stigma because people you know don't talk about this stuff you know especially in so many other smaller cultures within our culture you know there's a lot of other races don't talk about going to therapy like that scene is perceived as a sign of weakness when no it's not if your leg hurts you go to the doctor your stomach hurts you go to the doctor if something feels troubled upstairs you should go with the doctor, you know, go to get help about it. There's so many, you know, not that it's always strictly generational, but, you know, my generation, other previous generations were more inclined to go to therapy when, you know, when needed. And, you know, and then previous generations thought it was a perceived sign of weakness. And it's, that's, you know, even if it's, you know, just it is a, sometimes a dumb comedy show. But the fact that it's, we're putting that all out there normalizes uh, the idea a little more that it's okay to confront it, accept this stuff in yourself and get help when you need it. So how long have you been doing this show with them? I've been doing the show for three and a half years. Okay. So you've done a lot of shows. with Yes. Them. Monthly. Yeah. Which means that the same group of people or largely a core group of people, mm-hmm. probably people that have kind of gone in and out of this, but have been going through this journey together. What would you say your observation has been about what, if any healing process for the people involved has resulted of talking about this in one way or another on a regular basis for years. Have you noticed a transformation in the people in this group as a result of this experience? Yeah. So we have a core cast of about six of us, yeah, six, seven of us uh, who do the show every, every month. And then we, it's my job as co-host to get guest improvisers to come in. Um, and it's my, yeah, I love finding people who will jive with the group and the core group of us, how, uh, willing we are to help someone leave. You know, I've sent out emails of like, hey guys, I'm a little down pets. I'm in a downswing today. Like I'm, as quick as they are to help me, you know, like give me a phone call. Is 
as quick as I am to help them out with stuff like that. Yeah. And then we have people who, you know, uh, don't do comedy, you know, come in to see our shows. And we had one guy like say, like, I don't do church, but I feel like this feels like it to me. And we're like, Hallelujah! okay, I'll, if you want to give us money. No, but, uh, Raise the roof, everybody. <laughs> that was the, the, just about the highest comment I could think of. Sure. But, um, yeah, it's just that, uh, just even as quickly as seeing as people are willing to talk about that stuff, you know, like people sometimes can like keep therapy as like their own hidden secret. They don't tell people now, you know, in our group and, uh, in our, my comedy circles, people are more willing to discuss that stuff like that. And then reach out if like, they're like, they need someone to talk to. And then people are more willing That's to reach out and talk to them. That is pretty interesting because I'll be very frank with you mm -hmm. that if, even though quite a few people I know have, either have therapists now on a regular basis or have had therapy and I don't think any less of them weirdly I would never talk about my own if that's something that I did I right. I, I do and only for myself let me be very clear mm -hmm. about that only for myself I see it as a sign of weakness to share that but I don't feel that way about other people and I'm not like tell me your thing I, mm -hmm. I mean I don't judge that it's interesting that I would assume other people would judge me. Yeah, I, I find especially – I'm full um, of myself in my there, <laughs> huh? Go ahead. You know, I, in, it's been my experience that just in generally in, a, in you know, showbiz and comedy stuff, you know, as much as you might be afraid of oh, people are judging me, I think people are way too busy judging themselves. At least in my experience, I don't spend a lot of energy judging people, even, you know, being jealous of who made it, quote, quote, who's made it and who's – you know, not made. I'm like too busy criticizing myself. I only have so much bandwidth mm -hmm. to to spend on stuff like that. I'm like it's all kind of directed inward. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Okay. I, yeah. But again, I could, you know, that could just be me uh, being blissfully ignorant and everyone really judging me. But I don't think they are. <laughs> <laughs> you pass people on the street. What are you thinking about me? <laughs> um, I think you're loud and yelling. Why and pointing? <laughs> exactly. Uh, last question that I have, sure. and I, this isn't just about your show. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's in general and open it up Absolutely. to the floor, if you will. What's too far talking, you know, in humor when you're dealing with serious issues? How do you, we talked about that mm -hmm. line, but we never really, yeah. we talked about that line, but we never really talked deeply about it. What, where's that line? How do you know? Hmm. And I don't know if it's something you can completely say, well, it's when this happens, sure. but like when you've gotten to that point before and you've sensed you guys are getting to the line. If you cross that line, it's getting – how do you perceive – if someone's not telling you that's too far, right. how do you know it's too far for them? Um, so are you going on your own sensibilities versus theirs? Are you taking in what you've learned about them and making a, a conjecture about where you believe the line is for yeah. them? And, 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 and what does that feel like? Yeah, I mean it, it, actually like that last point you said, you know, if someone was to uh, tell a story about a history they've had with like an eating disorder – I probably wouldn't open a scene with like, I love food. Look at all this food I'm eating. You know, like I wouldn't open it up that way when the audience has just heard. My name is Joe Bulimia. Yes, <laughs> exactly. You know, you can sort of gaze on your own sensibilities that definitely uh, treat people as you want to be treated. Principle. Uh, it's a lot of common sense uh, stuff that, you know, kind of guides my choices there. Uh, yeah, it, it kind of feels like for me, I feel like if I was in a, in a, having a rough go of it, a rough patch or whatever – what I wouldn't want someone to say to me directly, you know, but, you know, so like think of like, ah, oh, you're, you're just moping around, get over it, you know, stuff like that to take a walk, you know, like stuff. Generally, I feel like if I didn't, wouldn't be in the mood to hear something like that, generally not going to 
work that into a into a scene uh, as best I can. Obviously, I can't read someone's mind. I can't know what could be a triggering issue for them. Um, but based on the stuff they give me from their, you know, essay, that's usually like a few minutes. And just actually, like, yeah, whatever. If you don't, if you wouldn't want to hear it when you were upset, you know, just don't, just don't say it to somebody. You know? <laughs> or if you, if someone, someone's given you, opened up that that clo- uh, that made themselves that vulnerable to open themselves up, you know, there's no need in you know, sort of being just petty and nasty about it. You know? What advice would you give somebody if if I if you were willing to mm-hmm. in everyday life of diffusing a difficult situation using humor? Mm. How? How do you think about that? And I know there's no instruction manual, sure. but just by doing this show, mm-hmm. you've probably learned a little bit about that. Yeah, and and being in a tense situation, what have you learned about diffusing that <laughs> with humor and and maybe the right way to do that that has the right impact? Um, I mean, my first thought is immediately. Uh, I always, uh, if I'm in a good tense situation, um, friends having a heated discussion or something at you know uh work or family or people are getting into it if what i always do like if like the as soon as like the vol like as soon as the shouting or whatever stops i will just say like a random like oh this this water is really good like it's like oh, you like know like I, I just not i just do not sequitur to break that up and just you know or, speaking of airplanes yeah <laughs> yeah that's how i do it things generally my own little timid uh uh non sequitur way uh-huh. um it just disarms people. I just disarm. Yeah, I'd like disarm and break it, it up. Is it kind of like um, the idea that you can feel uncomfortable, you have pain or, mm-hmm. or sour stomach, and then something grabs your attention and you realize that during that time you forgot you felt bad and only when you remember I felt bad does it return because your mind is not processing that pain. So oh, similarly, sure. you've disarmed someone through them wondering what the hell are you talking yeah. about. Yeah, that is that is definitely my go-to move. Uh, I'm taking the shot. Them. I'm taking the bullet for them yes. a little bit. I'm taking. I'm embarrassing oh, yeah. myself. I'm mm-hmm. I'm doing my, um, my verbal pratfall. Yes, yep, yes. That's a great way to put it. Verbal okay. pratfall. Yeah. And, uh, look at me. I'm, you know. Although to me that sounds like a great name for an improv group. I, it really does. Coming up on the stage, it's verbal <laughs> pratfall. We need a suggestion of anything at all. <laughs> That's uh, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm verbal. And I'm prattful. I knew it. that's that's all I wanted from you right then. I was like, I knew he's gonna take, he's gonna accept the offer. Thank you for accepting the offer. My that, knees are hurting all the time. No, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> too many pratfalls. All right, Michael. Uh, remind us how people can see this uh, this really interesting show. Yeah, you can go to Magnet Theater uh, with a er at the end of theater because uh, it's a place and not an art form. Magnetheater.com. Uh, there's a is that is that what the rule is? Yes. If if, the, if you're referring to a building, it's er. If you're referring to the art form of theater, that's with the R-E. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And a great way you can remember it, by the way, is that if it ends with an E-R, it's like a place, like an E-R. E-R. Yeah, like emergency room, yeah. There you go. <laughs> I will always remember that. See, I always, always think of things like that's how I think of things. I only learned that very recently. I never knew what – I put that together. I was like, what is the difference? But uh, yeah. yeah, so magnetheater.com. There's a select – there's a option at the top of the screen for shows. It gives you a schedule of the month shows where you we've been the first Thursday of the month for a couple months now. Uh-huh. Um, usually at around eight thirty. That's where our next one is, depending <laughs> when this goes out. But um, yeah, that's information there. Uh, and if people yeah. want to find out more about the funny that Michael Serpy has to offer, mm-hmm. how can they connect and follow you? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bad Case of Serpies. 
Uh, that's one word. Is it's that really true? What you, well, you that was that was my old you know, band's that's name. Owning it. That's just that was my old band's it. name. Yeah. Uh, uh, then I've made T-shirts of like you got a case of Serpies, girl. Like it, it, it never worked. Why? Because it, it, it's right there. It's, it's the low hanging fruit. Uh, it's if your name rhymes with an SCD, you have to lean in, work with it. Um, so then it just kind of became my online persona. Uh, bad case of Serpies, all one word. Serpies, uh, uh, S E R P E, and then S at the end for the plural of what the fictional disease I've made up would me. <laughs> I'm like hashtag child molester, what up? Whoa. <laughs> it's, it's, like, it's, it's, it's making fun of me though. Him. I'm getting it out of the way. <laughs> oh God Almighty. Um okay. Uh, um and by the way, mm-hmm. since you kind of threw threw it out there without realizing, I do want to say, without you know, inviting ourselves, sure. Danielle is sp- uh, Danielle, who you've not met, is a spectacular improviser mm-hmm. and i feel that i can I hold my that. own and frankly as you see and elsie's very good sure. would love to throw our hat in, in the ring yeah you can uh, say the to, ring yeah to, yeah to come to come i don't know why i got lost in that in that <laughs> expression to throw our collective hats in the ring to either come singly or on moss sure. as, as, a, as a fun uh guest improviser love to have all of you that'd yeah. be really really fun to you know the 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 cast or hosts of funny people talking i would love that showed up tonight to participate that'd and be... we can do whatever it is would you be up for that elsie i'll think about it okay <laughs> elsie will think about it the first thursdays are very busy for for you i get it all right. Well, either Danielle and I will be there, or Fun. Danielle and I and Elsie. I'd rather will be there. watch the show. Okay, that's what I'm better at. Okay, laughter is the best medicine. Okay, mm-hmm. absolutely. All right. Well, um, in all seriousness, if if that's that, interesting I would to love you, nothing we, more. I would really love sure that. We, I've think. actually seen that show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's good. It's very good. Good. Well, thank um, you. Let's chat later then about it. Great. So Hope I'm not putting you on the spot. No. Okay. Not all right. At all. Before we go, though. Mm-hmm. Guess what time it is? It's time for... End of Show Food. That's right. End of Show Food. One of my favorite parts of the show. This is a part of the show where Elsie searches far and wide for really strange and interesting snacks and food. Things that we would never guess might exist. Um, Quite often, it's pretty interesting and delicious. Every once in a while, we get get a kooky one. But uh, we get a chance to taste it when Elsie says go. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we have to Which rate it, rarely happens. We 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 uh, we then we rate it on a rating system of chickens, sure. number of chickens, whatever number of chickens you want to rate it on, uh, and that's how we figure out if we loved it or not. So, Elsie, my friend, yeah, how did you find this particular snack, and what are we going to taste? I'm always on the lookout. Yeah, and um, this one's kind of. Uh, in honor of Danielle not being here. Oh, mm-hmm. oh because she does not care for spicy. That's true. And I subject know. her to that often with I, I didn't even know until finally she said, I know we've done it like three or four times, but could you stop? <laughs> so, <laughs> she's such a true bro. I mean she didn't say she almost words, go on, but, yeah. but uh she but I but I am honoring her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she did. She's a trooper. Um but I just wanted to be, you know, doing this in her honor of not subjecting her for once. All right. So So what do we got? I have brought hot, salted sriracha, 70% dark chocolate. Oh, okay. So um, I'm going to have you guys take a little taste. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah it's a bright green bag, really so you can't miss it. And it's got the same the red there. and green as basically if you bought a bottle of sriracha. sriracha. Is, another Hold on. I think I've had like chili Hold it. powder in chocolate before. Yeah. But not – okay. Yeah. So I'm curious. So I'm going to open this baby. All right. So it's a, it's a, it just looks like a – in a way, like a candy bar. Yeah. And it's in a green wrapper. And like she's the top of the sriracha it. bottle, yeah. And it says, on the packaging, it says, literally, hot salted sriracha chocolate, 70% dark chocolate, the original, non-GMO, from Hui Feng Foods, infused with sriracha hot sauce and Himalayan pink salt. And I'm going to grab a piece of it. Thank you. I'm smelling it. And to be honest with you, what it smells like to me... But the Himalayan is, uh, pink salt's supposed to be good for you, too. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and, oh, and I would like to note that imprinted or embossed in the chocolate is the word dream hmm. with a little moon. Wow. So, um, did you already take a bite, Elsie? No. Oh. <laughs> I, uh, I obey my own rules. I know you do. Yeah. That's why I was so surprised. I'm not but one I, of those do as so, I say, not as I do people. So I've just, to me, when I'm just smelling this, I haven't tasted it yet, it smells like baking chocolate to me. It does, yeah. Well, it's probably because it's the 70%. Oh. Okay. And then there's like a little bit like after, there's a little bit of like a little bit of a kick afterwards. Yeah, almost like a liqueur. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. So you guys ready? Yes. Mm-hmm. One, two, three, go. All right. Mmm. Mm. Let's see here. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Oh, it's coming. Yeah. Took a while. Mm-hmm. The heat is building. All right. This is my take. <coughs> the first thing I get is It's the definitely chocolate. building more and more. Yeah. I get the chocolate. Then I get the salt. Mm. Then I just get a little zing. Mm-hmm. But I wouldn't attribute that to uh, sriracha per se. It's, it's just like, spicy. It's you know what? It's like it's like there's chili powder in it or yeah. something. It's like got that yeah. more. Yeah. <laughs> um, interesting. It's, 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 yeah, there's it's definitely waves of flavor. Mm-hmm. I liked it. I liked it. I, do, I, I don't know if I would eat a whole. I, I don't think I need a whole one, and I don't know that I would have it. Like I would say, hey. Elsie, you got any of that? You know, I'm glad I tried it once, kind of yes. thing. So, um, all right, well let's let's rate this bad boy. Uh, what do you think out of how many chickens, and what's your rating? Um, you know what? Out of the out of one chicken for the for the rooster <laughs> on the sriracha bottle, I give it one chicken. One chicken? Yeah. Out of one chicken. Out of one chicken. Yeah. This, this is a perfect score. It's a perfect score. Well, good. For it you. does what it sets out to do. Uh, it lets you know what it, what's going to happen, and yeah. Uh, what about you? Out of how many chickens and what? What is your rating? Um, I'd say seventy-one out of seventy-two. That's a strong rating. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I uh, I think the chocolate's quality, mm-hmm. and I actually like that Himalayan pink sea salt yeah. kind of flavor thing or whatever. I can see myself spacing this out over the course of pink a week. Pink salt, not sea yeah. salt. <laughs> yeah, and um, it does have a nice little kick. But I, th- I gave a deduction for the one because it's not specifically to me what sriracha. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, you know, embodies. So there you go. I would give this a forty-seven out of fifty-eight chickens, and my deduction was merely that I feel like it's the wrong form. Like I would love this as like a hot chocolate. Ooh, yeah. 
Okay, but as a chocolate bar, it didn't work for me. Yeah, mm. I can um, see that. But I, but I, but I would have it baked into something or melted down or something. Maybe like, like in a frosting or like a. Oh, yeah. Ooh. Or how about this? How about like a chocolate fondue made with this? Okay. Yeah. You dip something yeah, in it. That's that good. And that 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 thing would cut it a little bit. Oh, yeah. Like mm, um, that work. Like a like even like a wafers, cookie because bread. Yeah, because like bread. Yeah. No, no. Oh, All right. Great. Well, We're still very good. Thank you, Elsie, so thank much you. for this. Really appreciate it. You're welcome. All right. And thank you for sitting in as co-host today. You did a great job. Natural. As usual. Okay. Okay. She's like, yeah, okay. okay. I was here. Um, it's like, I just feel like Elsie just walks around with a Elsie was here kind of vibe. So <laughs> you were here. Indeed. Indeed. All right. And uh, Michael Serpy, thank you very much for joining us. I really appreciate you coming by. Thank you so much for having me. And love what you're I, doing here. I, thank you, bud. And uh, I would love to just give Michael some props. Michael was originally uh, just going to sit in as a as a, a co-host today, a mm-hmm. guest host. And our guest had an urgent thing and could not join us. And so uh, I asked Michael if he would – Fill in in a different way and uh, and kind of threw him under not under the bus but on the bus yeah on the bus I'm on the bus <laughs> now. on the bus and you're not on the bus kind of guy <laughs> and, I was hanging uh, off the side of the bus like in San Francisco before yeah or, no that's a trolley never mind yeah the metaphor's gone okay uh, <laughs> you ruined it you screwed it up well anyway thanks yeah thank you all right and thank you so much for listening we really appreciate that you joined us this weekend we look forward to having you back next week when we will have um, a a real life honest to goodness full out guest and well you know that's not fair to you Michael you were a guest and you were a great guest thank thank you you. I appreciate Uh, that we'll just have another one next week great until then uh, I hope that you will stay funny bye bye they won't stop until they're bobbleheads this is funny people talking This has been Funny People Talking, a production of Mouth Media Network, copyright 2019. No portion of the content may be reproduced or published without the strict written permission of the producers. Connect with our show at at Mouth Media Network or at our website, funnypeopletalking.com. I'm your announcer, Peter Coleman. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.